There's only one authority on the Tennessee Titans, and that's the Tennessean. And there's only one show that's an authority, too, and you've found it. This is Talkin' Titans. Welcome, everybody, to Talking Titans. I'm Tommy Dees at the Tennessean Sports Director, and you are... Eric Backrack. And you cover... The Tennessee Titans. Hence the name of the podcast. And we're going to be talking about the Titans as they get ready for their final preseason game. And I have pretty much woken up from their last preseason game Mm -hmm. against the Steelers, although I don't know if the Titans' offense or defense has woken up. I'm still a little snoozy from it, if I'm being honest. Yeah, it was not the most scintillating football I've ever seen. And it's kind of funny because it... You would think, you know, you got kind of a marquee opponent. Right. It's the game where you're going to see the starters in the longest, the, the most starters rehearsal. in the longest. Uh-huh. And it still just didn't, you know, I mean, I guess if you're a Pittsburgh fan, you and there were many in the stadium and they were very excited. They were they were cheering a lot, but they were. It was rainy. Right. It was rainy, it was dreary. I think I led my stock report for that game with if you're in attendance at Nissan Stadium, you lost. I think yeah. we were all losers to some degree. Poncho salesmen probably were the stock report sure they, winner. Their stock they won. Up. That's about it. You know, a, a big part of it for the Titans was just the fact that the starters were not in there. As long as as you might expect, you know, just comparing week three of this year to last year, the first team offense got two more series last year, which which was four. They only got two this year, and it was, you know, Mar- it was two three and outs to, to you know Mariota was 0 for 3 passing it was was it a 3 and out on the second or was it, it might have been it might have been, been a little a two bit and out. It might as well have been it ended in a safety yeah exactly on a sack right two very quick series mariota didn't complete a pass there was a safety a, a dropped pass it just it wasn't pretty mike Rabel indicated afterward that the reason the first team offense was pulled early was because you know he was just trying to keep his quarterback alive and Titans were not able to do that, and I, you know, I, I think all of these games they're obviously meaningless, and and you know they're not running exactly what they'll be running in the in the regular season. But there are some things that carry over from last year that we could see in the preseason already this year, and to me, those are the only things that are worth being concerned over going into the regular season. But I just I don't put you know you can't put any stock into the preseason. I, I think you can put some stock into some things. Okay. Um, uh, here's the here, here's really where it's at, and, and the guy we got to talk about is Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. Does having because we've seen the rest of the starting offense right as a unit, we know what they can do, which is not much to date without him. Can he make that much of a difference that all of a sudden this is a viable offense or? Is there some thought that they've got secret plays that, that we're not seeing that are going to work better than the ones we have seen? Because I've been watching football a longer than you've been alive. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a good offense that didn't have a good offensive line. Mm-hmm. And this offensive line has been terrible. First team, second team, fifth team, every team, they gave up seven sacks. And that was spread out evenly amongst. It's one thing if you're in a preseason game. And you play your starting offensive line the first quarter, and maybe they give up one bad assignment and right. one sack. And it's the second or third team that crumbles. And yeah, okay, well, we know the backups aren't there good, but right. they're not playing anyway. Yeah, this you're right. It was every at combination, every, every they, level. Mariota was sacked once. Second backup quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, was sacked three times. Third strainer, Logan Woods, I was sacked three times. So at every level, the offensive line was not good, and, and this which was, leads you to believe like there's not some secret answer. Okay, well, yeah, maybe the right guard's not good, but the second string right guard's really good, and mm-hmm. so we'll just move him up. I didn't see anything that made me think they've got some, you know, all pro lineman sitting there on the second team, except the one who's off for suspended for four Correct. games. Right. 
maybe he makes that much of a difference, but it doesn't seem like all that pressure is just coming around left left tackle either. Yeah, it's true. You know, I, I wrote about that after after the game, just the fact that, you know, there's so much, especially from a national perspective, so much of a spotlight is on the quarterback situation here, and rightfully so. When you have the league's top backup, that's that's what the conversation is going to be. But I just, I just think this offense, the success is predicated on if the offensive line could hold up, and it was the big thing last year was the interior of the offensive line. So that's why the Titans went out and got Roger Saffold, who, you know, by all accounts was the top guard mm-hmm. uh, on the market this offseason. Hasn't looked that way so far yet. And Do you move him to the right side just so you can say, well, we fixed the right guard spot and, now you, <laughs> I mean, and let somebody else play left guard? Do I don't that. know. Well, the, the thing with the Titans line is that I, I still think everything is very much in flux. You know, Saffold's a guy that is obviously new. He's had to adjust to just the newness factor, and then he had to adjust to the fact that, you know, the guy to his left is, is now not going to be playing for the first four games of the season. You look at the right side of the line, the Titans drafted Nate Davis in the third round. He's been, um, you know, out with an injury, undisclosed injury. Basically, he's, I mean, he wasn't even, he hasn't even been at training camp except for what, five days? Right. right. And, and, you know, I think the idea. He's not going to miraculously come back and start week one. He's not. And, and the idea with drafting a, a guy that high is that you hope at some point he develops into a starter in, in 2019. But this sets him back, you know, just so far because we, we've seen the Titans have seen firsthand, you know, just how much or how important these, you know, few weeks of training camp preseason are for rookies. And yeah, and just to talk about this particular rookie in this particular right. spot, and this isn't a criticism of the guy for being injured. I mean, mm-hmm. that happens. But if he's there every day during camp and he's not injured mm-hmm. and you're having problems at right guard, presumably he's learning the playbook and getting closer and closer to where. I I can solve your problem. I might not solve it by week one or week two, but by week three, four, six, whatever. Right. I'm going to be able to, I'm going to be better than the guy who's not getting it done there. Yeah, I I think. And now you, you know, now, okay, let's say he starts three weeks from now, then he's still got to go through that. And once you're in games, those backups aren't getting the same kind of reps. No, it's, it's a different type of ball game with trying to get caught up to speed in the season. We saw it last year with Rashawn Evans, who, you know, came on late, but his sort of his progression, his development was really hindered just because he had to miss so much time early. And, you know, he would be the first one to tell you that uh, that time is so valuable for a rookie. So Nate Davis is really behind schedule right now just by virtue of the fact that, you know, he's missed so much time early. We have seen him on the practice field in spurts of late, which is, a you know, a good sign as far as him getting back but just you know just as we alluded to he's he's got a long way to go to get into a spot where he could challenge Kevin Pomfield who right now is in line to be the starting right guard for for that starting right guard spot yeah and 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 back to where it kind of started with this with Derrick Henry sure. as the one guy we haven't seen right and the offense hasn't really clicked mm-hmm. and we don't see anything that makes us think right now this is going to be a dominant offensive line mm-hmm. Can he make enough of a difference that all of the other components start working better than they have? I think when you throw someone like that into the mix, it it can. You know, I think it's impossible to sort of lean on him for as much as he did, you know, last December when he was running for 130 yards a game. I don't think that's realistic. But, you know, I, I don't think they need that. I think they need, if they could get consistent, consistently. 60, 70 a week would be, that, would that be you great. could count on an right. occasional if you get 70, something. 80 yards a game from Derrick Henry, you know, when you've also got Deion Lewis back there, who's a good change of pace back, yeah. good pass catcher out of the backfield. 
and plus you would expect a passing game it could really only go up from last year I mean, really only go up from preseason that too uh <laughs> let's just in, be honest it sure. has not there, there has not been anything in the passing game that that we have seen on the field in preseason three preseason games that makes you say yeah they're gonna be getting 250 300 a game now no there's there's been nothing like that i think the most encouraging i'm trying to think sign we saw with the first team might have been like in, the, in the, those first couple of series in week one against the so, Eagles yeah. when we saw the Mariota to Adam Humphreys connection right. developing. And you could sort of see that, you yeah. know, is going to become a thing for the Titans. Yeah, and Adam caught one pass this week, but obviously wasn't in, in week th- three, but I wasn't from Mario. Right. I, I do think he adds a different dynamic and he throw Delaney Walker into the mix to an offense, you mm-hmm. know, because he, he wasn't around last year. He right. got injured in week one. So I think those two guys are really sort of uh, weapons that Mariota can really take advantage of because he likes those sort of quick dink and dunk type guys that you could use like that and mm-hmm. throw Henry into the mix. I think, you know, the offense could be good. It, it just, it, to me, it, it still always goes back to the offensive line. And if it could hold up, we'll, we'll have to see. Yeah. And with that, without an offensive line, you can give a, you can forget about the 5.8 yards per carry or whatever you really want sure. to get out of Henry, which is fairly unrealistic anyway. Mm-hmm. And you can forget about the 1,800 yards mm-hmm. that you're probably not going to get, but you might get more than 1,000 if, if everything goes well. Right. But if, if teams can stuff him because the line's not able to you know be a bulldozing-type, grind-type offensive line, then that takes away the play action. That takes away a lot of the things because right. it's kind of built around being able to do that. It is. It you know that I, I that's think their at, philosophy. At the end of the day, I think that's what they want to do. They want to you know they've got a guy that could you know they could just jam it down your throat. And if he's running like he was, uh, if he's running eighty percent of what he was last December, the Titans are in really good shape. Um, and we've seen them line up more this preseason with eleven personnel than in the years past. Normally. You know they're they're very um, inclined to go with two tight ends and two wide receivers on the field. As that's well as the, uh, quite frankly what I've seen the preseason and mm-hmm. and late last year. That's their base set. Yeah, exactly. Um, it is, but they're they're built for two tights, and there's nothing wrong with that because they've got good tight ends if Delaney's there, right? And if Jonu Smith is healthy, they're in yeah. good shape. Um, Cole Michael Pru- Pruitt is, can help you. He can help. So can because if you're pl- if you're running two. Sometimes the third and the fourth are on the on the field. Right, exactly, and you know it'll be interesting to see because this year, unlike last year, I, I feel like the depth at wide receiver is a lot stronger. You know, you've got Corey Davis, AJ Brown's a new guy in the mix, mm-hmm. and then Adam Humphreys. I think those are you know your top three guys. Where last year, beyond Corey Davis, you were looking at Taewon Taylor, Tajay Shop, guys that now are, are farther down in the depth chart. That. One of whom we saw running around in the last minutes of the game. Yeah, uh, let's talk about that. We're talking. Let's let's shift our, our talk to roster spots. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple of names who were on this team last year who might not be on this team this year. Yeah, I would still be surprised, honestly, just by virtue of the fact that Taewon Taylor was drafted in the third round not that long ago. If he if he doesn't make the team, but as you alluded to, he was on the field with only third strainers as time was winding down in the third quarter. Yeah, unless you really know your your roster or your depth chart. Right. He was the only recognizable name on the field. He was for, the only guy. For, from either side. Right. You know, it was not like Big Ben was out there on the other side. Yeah. Um, and that late in the game. And, and that's that tells you something, that you do not see that guy mm-hmm. out on the field with two minutes or three minutes left running full-out patterns because mm-hmm. they're running, you know, even caught a pass there fairly late. Mm-hmm. 
that tells you something that that he's not he he can't go to bed tonight saying I don't have to worry about making this team. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. And you know, I to be honest, I was I was watching him on the sideline leading up to that, thinking he might be injured or, or there was something wrong because you know he was he had his helmet, he had his jersey, he looked like he was ready to go. He just wasn't used until you know that late in the game. And, and he did make the most of it. He was running good patterns. He, he caught did. a ball. You know, maybe Against two. The third right, but it, but I mean, them. you know, he was didn't look like he was bad attitude for sure. He, he you're going to make me play this late and not play me early. I'm just going to jog and right. No, he, he looked like a guy saying, "I need to make use of these." minutes which honestly he has to just right. because you've got guys like and his problem is you can't catch the ball yeah uh he, his big thing has been catching with his body not mm-hmm. his hands you know he's got a lot of criticism for that and, and rightfully so honestly and especially when you, you factor in you've got you know a guy like Darius Jennings who right now is probably the sixth guy in that receiving depth chart he led the league last year in, in kick returning, so it's hard to sort of replace a guy like that. Although yeah, anybody that's in that spot that can help on special teams probably gets a nod over anybody who can't. Right, exactly. Khalif Raymond is another guy that early on in the preseason, he was a guy that everybody was talking about. He's he's kind of probably tapered off a little bit, but he had a good game you know, against sort of the third strain of, of Pittsburgh late in that one, and I still think he's... He's in the conversation for making the team right mm-hmm. now. I think in my latest projection, I had him just missing the cut as the seventh wide receiver. But he could do some stuff on special teams. He's undersized, but he's you know one of these sort of take the top off a of defense really fast receiver types. So I think I think he's still in the mix. And and so you know if you're Taylor Taylor, you you certainly can't just assume that you've got a spot. No, I agree, and 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 probably one of those guys does, but mm-hmm. probably both of them don't. Right, and I don't think Taewon. I wouldn't hang my hat on what round he got drafted in a couple of years ago because sure. you got to produce, right? You, know? you do have to produce, and quite frankly, oh well, I used to be a third rounder. Well, you sure aren't playing like one, buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, third rounders catch the ball, mm-hmm. and that's what he's going to have to do. So, I wouldn't be surprised that if if the the fourth preseason game in Chicago that looks like the type guy you'd see on the field a lot in that game with them watching very closely to see is this somebody we want to keep or not right I I think that's what that game is for is is for sort of those last ditch efforts by guys like Taylor who you know I I think with him the biggest thing is just confidence and you know uh, he, he kind of you know explicitly addressed that after week one when he had two drops against the Eagles. He, he kind of just said, you know, I, I've got to get my confidence back. And, and he had two wide open drops. He's a guy that is obviously talented. He's a third round talent, but he just hasn't been a consistent producer. Uh, and that's carried over to the preseason. So, you know, I, I think he, he yeah. can help himself on uh, against the Bears. Yeah, and um, and who are some other people we should be watching for in that game? Uh, running back is is still an interesting position. It is. Do they keep three? Do they keep four? And and who's in that mix? I think right now, I think Jeremy. I May- think they're going to keep Derrick Henry. They they probably should do that. Should also probably keep Deion Lewis. Even, yeah, even might as well. Quieter. Yeah, <laughs> Jeremy Jeremy McNichols is the number four guy in the depth chart behind David Fluell, and he's done a pretty good job of of separating himself from the other guys below him uh, and now it's just a question of do the titans and, and fluella hasn't been playing so right so he's got a shot to you know maybe you know move past him but just for for how much fluellen is a guy that the coaching staff this offseason has just praised infinitely uh he was one of the four offseason 
award winners, Mike Vrabel. He was the coach's award winner. Mike Vrabel just really likes him for his versatility. He might line up as fullback. He's That's what I was going to say. I, I think you and I discussed during the game a couple of times they went to the I formation. Right. Where they at that time where Flewell wasn't on the field, so they were using an H, an H back. They were but using he, a tight end in that spot. Yeah, we've seen him in practice before. He he got hurt. Lining Only up. one of these two running backs is, can play fullback. Correct, and he tacked on 15, 16 pounds this offseason so that he's suited for that role. And he's he's really effective on special teams. Very useful there, you know. So he's done a good job of sort of maximizing his just usability as a running back and McNichols is a guy that might you know he's not going to play fullback but he'll have to prove his worth on special teams prove that you know he could be valuable there too because he, he is a you know a nice little piece to use he's um, made plays he's made and, plays. And making plays is what football coaches want to see football players do right um he has not you know there hasn't been a preseason that he's game that he's gotten and obviously you're at practice and I'm not but mm-hmm. practice isn't live either there hasn't been a preseason game that he's gotten opportunities that he didn't do something with them. Yeah, he's, he's made coaches some noise. noticed that for sure. He's he's made the most of his opportunities. So I, I think he's a guy to continue watching. It'll be interesting to see what they do with him. There, there's some other guys. Isaiah Mack is a guy that undrafted another, free agent, another of, productive guy, right? Out of the preseason, yeah, he's been very productive. You know, I, I think it'll be a question of of how many linemen, defensive linemen, the Titans want to keep because I think Matt Diggerson is in that conversation for the fifth lineman uh defensive lineman spot two and it's a question of do you keep six do you keep five i think isaiah mack is right there he's made a really strong case this preseason and then you know a a really big point of emphasis dating back to last year uh is obviously the pass rush outside linebackers and you know after deandre walker went down a fifth round pick out of georgia it kind of opened things up for for guys farther down in the depth chart because he he probably would have been their number five pass rusher and you know so they need somebody to step up in that regard you have to think somebody from that group is going to make the roster i think probably Derek roberson undrafted free agent out of sam houston state is probably the favorite in that regard but you know i think that's something a position absolutely worth watching against the bears because i think a lot of people can sort of help their cases on thursday yeah and i I think the coaches probably have a pretty good idea who their 22 are. For sure. And obviously there's some multiples of what formations you might run or whatever. So, so you know, 11 to 14 people on offense and defense that are core mm-hmm. going to be on the field a lot. It's not really about that at this point because we're not going to see those guys very little, if any, against Chicago, I mm-hmm. think. It's about the ones who are fighting for those other spots on the 53. Mm-hmm. And um, who's going to be on the roster, and then out of those, who's going to produce later? But um, who who would be the one person? And this puts you in an awkward position, but I don't care. I get to do that. Yeah. Who's the one guy you're rooting for? Actually, that that's kind of easy. I'm not going to lie. I, I spoke about Khalif Raymond before. He's a guy that I wrote a story about him a couple weeks ago. He he took a uh, a spiritual journey to Thailand this off season. You know, he's a guy that that's been waived eight times by three teams in three years. Kind of one of those guys that's been through it all, had every opportunity to sort of uh, you know say maybe this isn't for me, but keeps battling. And so I you know I just kind of probed him about mental toughness and all that, and he you know went on about how he took this spiritual journey to to Thailand, spent three weeks out there. Uh, like I think six days alone in a cabin 
reading, just doing a lot of mental exercises, and, and you could kind of see it out there on the field because he's, he's this fearless 5'8 receiver who, you know, if he knows he's going to get just destroyed across the middle of the field, he'll still go for that ball, and he will get destroyed, but he'll pop right back up. And he's just a really insightful, kind of funny guy, really easy to root for. Uh, and we're not supposed to root for guys, but he's a guy that, you know, if it's you okay speak to him, people. Yeah, if you speak to him for any amount of time, you know, you'll be in his corner. I'd like to go on a spiritual journey to Thailand and find good Thai restaurants because Nashville you, right. doesn't have You've any. been on that, that I've, spiritual, I've been journey, on that for spiritual journey in Nashville, and it, it is to unfulfilled. No <laughs> so I'm, I'm feeling like, you know, lost. There's got to be a good Thai restaurant in this town somewhere. You would think. I'm, I'm right there with you. I've At Tommy D's on Twitter, if you want to um, let me know if there's one. But if you recommend one I've been to, then I'm not really going to trust you very much. Because you've, you've taken a couple this of... I've been to four or five now. And sure. I'm not saying they were awful. They just weren't exceptional. And right. I've, I've had some pretty good Thai food in yeah, a lot of standard. different places. Uh-huh. So, so me and, well, there's some kinship with me and him. I would have been like going, yeah, like, you know, six days in a Thai restaurant instead of a cabin. But, right. But just trying all the curries. We but, would have had a different line of questioning yeah. when we got to the Spiltzer Journal. Exactly. So, yeah. so what, what do you eat, Ty? I do. I, I, What's I prob- your go-to curry? Oh, hard to say. I'm a green curry guy. Okay. Generally. I mean, I've tried it. I mean, I like to mix it up. I like green curry. Yeah. Yeah. Good curries. I like good Indian curry. Yeah. But I like Ty better because I'm just kinda... I mean, I, I think I'm in the same boat, just that I haven't found a go-to spot here. You know, I've I've dabbled. I've I've looked around. Fortunately, you get to travel with the team, so there's some opportunities. There is there is a lot of opportunity there. Yeah. Any, do you know anywhere in uh, Chicago? I don't know, but a Paul Scribino would probably be able to find somebody who would know. Yeah. Since he'll be going also I'll, with us. I'll in, pick his brain. A Chicago ties. So is there anything about this trip to Chicago you look forward to when you when you say, uh, we should probably make this a regular part of it with the road games because mm-hmm. you've kind of gotten to go through the league and you've done some other traveling. Bit, yeah. Um, have you been to Chicago before? This will be my first time. So... I, I kind of want to see the Sears Tower. That's that's up there. It's really and, tall. Right, right. I'm on the fence about Chicago pizza because I'm from New York. My totally different thing. The the one the one food you you might be a Thai food snob. I'm a pizza snob. Yeah. You know that's the one food that I'll be like you know. And our favorite pizza joint happens to be in common. True. Grimaldi's. Grimaldi's. Yeah. In New York. Under the bridge, but you're out in... Yeah, they've got one under the bridge, and they also have one out on Long Island, yeah. where I'm from. And, uh, I thought I, it was pronounced Long Guyland. Yeah, like lawn, like Guyland. mow your lawn, yeah. Guyland. Yeah. Guyland. So anyway, but yeah, that, that we, we agree the best pizza joint I've been to in my life is Grimaldi's. I've been to the Brooklyn one. Right. But I'm sure they're both great. They're both really good. But I have been to Geno's, is it East, I believe, in uh, Chicago. Okay. And it's worth going. It's a different thing. I mean, it's it's... It's a cake. It's a casserole uh, it's a, it's type a, situation. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's a neat experience. You get a little line, kind of like you get at Hattie B's here. Mm-hmm. It's worth doing. It's uh, you know. Now, are you going to finish a pizza there? It's like you could stack about four New Yorkers on top of each other. Right, the right. Thing. It's totally different head. Yeah, I just I want to go in mentally. Like I, I'll give it a shot. You know what I mean? Because yeah. the, the New Yorker in me is like you know. Something you got to do. It's I a did. Casserole. It's not pizza. I did. You know, I had to be. I had to be one over in New York with sure. the pizza, and I was. And you were. Gino's is good. It's a different thing. All right, I'll go it's in with an open mind. Yeah. Brick, brick building, very tall. You might have to walk up like eight flights of stairs, <laughs> okay. which uh, that made it worth it. But uh, you know, actually, the Grimaldi's in Brooklyn, you might have to walk up several flights sure. of stairs to the house. Uh-huh. So they got that in common. So yeah. We'll see. I might try it. So Chicago's a big city, good mm-hmm. city, big shoulders, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So um, 
it's worth it. We'll uh, we'll revisit this uh, after this podcast, and and you get to decide what you're going to do when you go to Cleveland because who can't get excited about going to Cleveland? That's true. Joe Kim Noah said it best, I believe. <laughs> who doesn't want to you know vacation in Cleveland? Yeah, Cleveland rocks. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it for Talking Titans. I'm Tommy Dees. That was Eric Bacharach. We urge you to subscribe to Tennessean.com and follow all of Eric's coverage of the Tennessee Titans and also to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever it is you find your podcast. And we'll be back next week. And we'll also be next week. Eric, you're still with me? Mm-hmm. We're going to pick every NFL game against the line mm-hmm. every week this year. And and, and here's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And, and I technically could probably order you to do this, but it's really can't, shouldn't. <laughs> It'd probably be unethical. Uh-huh. I think we need to make it a like a, a piece of bet on it. Like whoever. Oh, I agree. Yeah, put some stakes on it. Yeah, so that you know, loser buys the winner pizza, and sure. you know whatever the, whatever toppings, whatever place in Nashville. Right, otherwise, you could we're just playing for fun. That, yeah, that exactly. Of, yeah. I mean, you play to win the game, and you play to win the pizza in this mm-hmm. case. Mm-hmm. So we'll do that. So that's something you people can look forward to starting next week. We will have a special edition each week where we will pick every NFL game against the line on Talking Titans. So you better go. You better start studying now, young man. Mm-hmm. I gotta. I gotta figure out who I'm gonna take in this uh, Titans game. First of all, yeah. Well, we're only doing the regular season. So you don't have to. Tell, you don't have to worry about the Chicago game. Right. Right. Which fortunate because while we do encourage degenerate gamblers to listen, that's a little <laughs> too degenerate for my taste. A week before the preseason. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for Talking Titans. Thank you for listening. Talking Titans hosts each Thursday at Tennessean.com. You can also subscribe to Talking Titans for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. Talking Titans is a production of the Tennessean.